the social structure has placed presidents and prime ministers in, in those positions, um, handpicked them since they were children, uprooted them from their community, converted them to Christianity and Catholicism and all this type of thing. But when you look at the, uh, the different presidents throughout the world in this current social structure, this current power structure, and you look at the percentage of presidents or prime ministers that led whole countries, what percentage of them were placed, meaning they weren't put there for their merit, but whether or not they could uphold the agenda. And they were willing puppets, right? They call them puppet leaders, puppet governments, right? So this would change our perspective with this understanding. This would change our perspective on a lot of things. Number one, at your job, you know what I mean? Wasting time, <clears throat> In energy and effort and emotion, not getting that promotion that you know you deserve, or having to answer to somebody that you're more talented than, or you've done more work, you know the system better, whatever the reason is, there's somebody that's above you, there's somebody that's in a position of power that did not earn that, right? So, this is the way that things are done within the social structure. So it's almost when you take away the surprise factor that lets you plan an intelligent life forward. You know what I mean? A lot of people feel like, had I known this five years ago, had I known this 10 years ago, 20 years ago, I wouldn't have given my life to this company. Because you're working with your life goals in mind. Right? Um, and this is where the, um, this is where the uh, outlook takes place because do I want to work for this company and align my life career goals family goals um, with this company you know what I'm saying and what are their goals for me you know what I'm saying and that's what we're focusing in on right so there's that aspect of that and we're going to dive deeper into that later on the other aspect is Donald Trump is part of the system not an anecdote you know what I mean like he's we look at Donald Trump like he's the big bad wolf like he's the boogeyman you know what I mean what is unique about him is he don't care he'll just tell you what it is you know what I mean everybody else seems to understand that well shit you know we gonna at least lie about it we gonna make it sound good you know what I mean Donald Trump don't give a damn you know what I mean and so a lot of young people will take that not giving a damn and saying they can respect that and vote for him um, and they understand that mentality you know what I'm saying I mean when you read the Tavistock Institute and you talk about social engineering of the masses you know what I'm saying um, now we're really diving into something you know what I mean um, because they know what they're doing, you know what I'm saying? So the, the fact that a lot of millennials, even though Donald Trump hates you, you still have an affinity towards him because he don't give a damn, right? Um, so that attitude, my attitude is fuck it because motherfuckers love it type of shit definitely applies here, you know what I'm saying? But we got to look at the social structure as what it is, you know what I mean? So those are two uh, things that we're going to be focusing on for this episode, right, is understanding how high the power structure goes. You know what I'm saying? You, you expand your reach um, to make it uh, European for those that need to hear, get a European reference. Uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald, Great Gatsby, looking at things from the outside looking in so you can understand it a little bit better. You know what I'm saying? So you got Barack Obama, the first black president, or you got uh, black presidents, you know what I'm saying? Even the word president 
you know what I'm saying, being part of this new order. But even within that same order, you know what I mean, now you're looking at, you know what I'm saying, Lumumba's and Nkrumah's uh, and, and Sekou Torres, you know what I'm saying, and, and Yoma Kenyatta's, you know what I'm saying, and all of this type of thing, right? And Selassie, you know what I mean, and and and, and the, most of the African presidents and prime ministers falling in line with these puppet leaders, you know what I mean. So you got Felix Bournier in the Ivory Coast right next to Nkrumah, and they take one real leader, meaning I'm really for the people. I'm really. Uh, doing what this uh, office is supposed to do. I'm really serving the people and not our oppressors. What they're going to do with him is surround him with puppet leaders. You know what I mean? So we're going to surround Ghana geographically. You know what I'm saying? On all sides. We're going to surround Ghana and Nkrumah with some fake puppets, fake leaders, fake governments. You know what I'm saying? We're going to infiltrate all those governments and we're going to um, make it to where we we just cut them off from everything. You know what I'm saying? Um, and this is a method that they've been using ever since they came in and over thousands of years, right? They enclosed us. They took over uh, trading posts and, and gulfs and posts and all of that type of things. And they kind of enclosed us to where we didn't have anywhere to go. So this is a tactic that goes back way back you know what I mean but we're just going to be talking about the last 500 years and how does that change our perspective so for one we're talking about uh, you know number one we always know that three levels again the spiritual and the cultural come together to create the economic right and then you have all three systems as one and the same so if there is a question, right, because, you know what I mean, we're going to do a deep dive into Booker T. Washington, and Booker T. Washington is absolutely a critical piece to understand, you know what I'm saying? Within a European framework, we will be looking at it like Booker T. Washington versus Du Bois, the same way we've been conditioned to look at Tupac versus Biggie. East versus West and all that. We understand the division is of the devil. But we want to take all that we can from all of our leaders, you know what I'm saying, and make it common knowledge to where, you know what I mean, the snake got many heads, you know what I mean? Um, but, but, but the concept of Booker T. Washington is in line with, uh, if you don't understand history, and the concept of phony humility, right? Um, it's it's what they did over thousands of years to eventually take over and, and, and get us out of power. You know what I'm saying? The cunning, uh, sly humility, t even talking about what the Asians did to us, right? When it's just Africa and Asia, you know what I mean? And how they were uh, coy and cunning and used phony humility, you know what I mean, to gain our trust. And then over hundreds of years, it was slow. You know what I mean? So, But this is what the process was, right? Um, because the alternative is belligerence, you know what I mean, just being belligerent and warlike and being aggressive about it without being in the position to sustain the war and you end up leading your uh, people to a bloodshed, you know what I'm saying? Or, you you know what I mean? You, you, you lead your people to a, a battlefield to get slaughtered, right? Um, and that comes, and now that comes in many forms, you know what I'm saying? Anytime, even if it's just your words, you could even be kneeling down peacefully and be seen as a threat. Right, but any if for whatever reason you're seen as a threat, you get deemed as a threat. You know what I'm saying? Now you about to get that work. You know what I'm saying? So um, if you're talking about building, there has to be some level of Booker T. Washington about your approach. 
You know what I'm saying? I mean, we've seen what happens to Kaepernick's and Abdul Rauf's and Craig Hodges. You know what I'm saying? If we're just talking about the realm of sports, you know what I'm saying? And that, that, that's how I understand things on a deeper level because that's where my passion has always been throughout my life in some way, shape, or form is sports. But now my consciousness is aligned with and the understanding that you can't separate sports and politics. You know what I'm saying? So, you know what I mean? If we're not going to be Goose Tatum, then we're going to have some problems. You know what I'm saying? But getting back to the original premise, if we know that they can hire presidents and prime ministers, handpick them since they were young, right? Because this is all a process of separating somebody where they come from at an early age, making sure the father's not president, uh, uh, not present. The father might be in jail. Father could be on drugs. Father could be missing. Nobody knows what the father, what happened to the father. Father could be dead, but the father cannot be in the child's life. You know what I'm saying? We know that that's one of the tenets, you know what I'm saying, of white supremacy. And when you're talking about neocolonialism, right? Because when you go from chattel slavery, you know what I'm saying? Let's be very clear. When you start talking about chattel slavery, that's the type of slavery that you normally think about when you say slavery, right? And now this concept of mental slavery and slavery never died. It just changed forms. Now we're really just... Uh, pinpointing that and connecting the dots. So we go from shadow slavery to colonialism, a more sophisticated state of slavery. You know what I'm saying? Colonialism, right? And then neocolonialism is them using us to do what they've been doing. So in the context of Africa, um, you know what I mean? You got the British, you know what I mean? The French and all these Europeans that got together in the Berlin Conference. They got together and decided how they're going to divide up Africa. You know what I'm saying? That map that you have of Africa, that concept that you have of Africa in your head, when you think about the different countries, okay, Ghana, West, uh, uh, Nigeria, Central African Republic, Zaire, you know what I mean, or Congo, or Cameroon, and, you know, uh, uh, South Africa at the bottom with Botswana and Zimbabwe, and, you know what I mean, and Kenya, you know what I mean, all of that is created those lines that divide those countries was created during the Berlin conference it doesn't have anything to do with us so when you talk to real africans you know what I'm saying that are from africa they it, it's not even there's no confusion they pissed off at that and you know, they'll just let you know we ain't we don't we don't move like that you know what i mean like if you were to uh draw a line in the sand and be like, well, you know, this side is, you know, over, you know what I mean? And that's Africans that understand what time it is because the whole world has been colonized. Like Dr. Clark said, we live in a European conceived intellectual universe. So that's not to say you, you fall in love with this word Africa or Africans and thinking that they, these Africans in your book, when they've been colonized too, you know what I mean? They emulate in a culture that the social structure has created to misrepresent us, you know what I'm saying? And so not only are we going for the bait out here, but they definitely going for the bait out there, you know what I'm saying? They're they getting plastic surgery and we're moving further and further away from culture everywhere. But for the Africans that do understand it, it's not like you could draw a line in the sand and say, this is my country, this is your country. Nah, this is one. You know, anything that God puts into the world is going to bring people together. So if you look at these older maps of Africa, there's way less lines and way less division. And in the beginning, you got one Ethiopia, boom. You know what I'm saying? One landmass. Okay? And then um, while we talking, you know what I mean, we talking about one landmass in general before these countries even split but I digress um, but just wanted to point that out because that shows you that once it starts when it started everything was one 
right? And then it eventually gets split up, but it's going to have to come full circle because when you draw a circle on a piece of paper, the point where you start has to be the point where you finish, so it's going to come full circle. But when we start talking about what does this mean to your life, your regular life, you know what I mean? Um, it just teaches you how to move more intelligently, you know what I'm saying? And get your emotions in line with your spirit and your culture. So what that means is you might know exactly what time it is at your job, so you're just playing chess. This is nothing new for black folks, you know what I mean? Like, that's that double consciousness that Du Bois is talking about. But we have to understand that with all these resources and the way that things are set up right now, if we know what has happened to people that have given 10, 20, 30, 40 plus years to a company, only to have them... Uh, Whenever they plan to, you know what I mean? Something the Lord made most deaf. You know what I mean? There's a scene where you try to get into the bank. They close the bank. You know what I'm saying? When they having problems, they're not going to just give everybody their money back and be like, yo, we closing out. Come get y'all money. They just going to close and throw their hands up like, I don't know what to tell you. You know what I'm saying? In 2008, same thing. You know what I'm saying? So we're we're getting bits and pieces. It's like the racism or... The truth about the social structure is like the Loch Ness monster, and every now and then it it rears its head, and then it buries itself again, and has you thinking, "Yo, did did that really happen? Did I really see that, or is this a myth?" You know what I'm saying? Because there's people that's orchestrating these crashes. You know what I'm saying? When when you understand history, then this is a this it's nothing to even get surprised at. You know what I mean? Um, cause you, you know what happened, you know what I'm saying, with two brothers in Europe and then the European stock crash, uh, stock crash, uh, European stock market crash. And then they do the same thing in the America and then we're in a great depression. Somebody's benefiting from this. You know what I'm saying? So we're saying all this to say that all of this is connected. The people that are causing the stock market crash are the same people that are going to bail out those corporations. And those corporations are who we're working for. And these are the corporations that don't care about you, your family, your future, your financial status or whatever. So the question is, if they feel that way about us, then why are we giving them our souls, meaning all our time and energy? Right? years of our lives so um and then the um the emotional fact comes into mind and it's almost like what they did to me in the parks and the recreation you know what i'm saying so um and if anybody that's involved in this in any sort of way got a different story i'd love to hear it but the fact of the matter is this, you know what I'm saying? Um, they get directives from the higher ups, right? And in theory, the structure makes sense, right? But the racism and nepotism or whatever it is, is putting people in positions that they don't earn so if I started off as an implementer and I was the best implementer and then they seen that I was the best implementer and elevated me to uh, manage and I manage other implementers that makes sense because I'm the best implementer and then I become a superb manager and then I can train other managers and I can kind of communicate you know what I mean and then even higher you know what I mean so and then at the highest you got the visionaries right so it would make sense these different levels if it's earned, right? But when it's just pl it's just placement without earning it, this is where we have these emotional problems, you know. And what I mean by that is when I got to this rec center, right? They said, we want to get more kids in the gym after school 
you know what I'm saying? We really don't have a lot. When you did your program, it seemed like almost electric. We had a lot that was in there. And I will say the lady that brought me into this rec center, God bless her soul. You know what I'm saying? Because she seen whatever it is in me that's great. And she wanted me there. And when I was talking Lumumba and Nkrumah, I was talking a language. So, you know, that's just a blessing by God. You know what I'm saying? So... I think, I, you know, I thank God for her. You know what I mean? But I'm coming into a social structure. But anyway, so when I come into the social, when I come into the rec, and they said, we want you to be here full time because when you're in here, the kids are responsive. And so we go from a couple of kids, maybe 10 at the most, after school to where we got 50, 60, you know what I mean? We got kids on the walls, you know what I'm saying? But every, there's order. You know what I mean? All the kids, if it's a hundred kids in there, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, we've, we've dealt with hundreds, you know what I'm saying? My first program in D.C., it was at Bruce Monroe, but Garnett, Patterson, Shaw, you know what I'm saying? It was kids from all over that was coming to the playground after school to be a part of whatever was going on at the time. You know what I mean? But that's a different story. But within this rec center... You know what I'm saying? You know, it's nothing new to us. You know what I mean? Because it was nothing new to me because my teacher, my coach, had taught me how to rock that. You know what I mean? So we got stations, and it's natural to me because I can remember as a child going through the stations, rebounding station, dribbling station, passing station, shooting station, um, think, uh, meditating but not even calling it anything just dribbling with your ball you know what I'm saying doing sit ups with your ball closing your eyes just thinking dribbling the ball you know what I mean like all of that came naturally you know what I'm saying it's like when you forget that or if you if you ha it, it comes so natural you almost think it's you you know what I'm saying but somebody instilled that in me and that, and that was my coach but, you know what I mean, that comes out. So kids are either doing calf raises, push-ups, multiplication tables, geography, you know what I'm saying? Or I got everybody playing football or everybody playing soccer or we doing basketball, you know what I mean? But everybody in the gym is locked in and is tuned in, you know what I'm saying? To the point to where they got an office. You know what I'm saying? And they studying what I'm doing. You know what I mean? They taking notes. You know what I'm saying? And then um, before I know it, they're asking me questions. Well, you know, well, what's your, what's your uh, plan? You know what I mean? And it was so blatant. I knew what time it was off of the top. They I was like, I already, it was like I almost instantly knew that they were going to give me training on how to do my program that they learning from me. You know what I'm saying? I, I could already see it coming. And the other thing was, this is, this comes natural. You know what I mean? Like, I know what the structure is because I grew up in the structure. So the structure is beautiful. You know what I'm saying? The first time I was in the gym, we were doing a soccer program and it was a martial arts instructor <laughs> that pulled me out and he said, hey man, you got it. He said, man, a lot of people come in here and they ain't got it, but you got it, bro. I don't know who gave it to you, but you got it. You know what I'm saying? And he was like, man, my program is the biggest earner in this rec center. They got, you know what I mean? I do what I want to do. I talk to because they got to have me, you know what I'm saying? They gave me a 60-40 split. It's supposed to be 70-30. But, you know what I mean, there was some type of politician, we won't say no names, that stole a whole bunch of money. So now to make up for that, instead of giving the contractors 70-30, they gave contractors a 60-40 split. But he was like, they got to give that to me, and they ain't going to get rid of me because my, my, my the 40% they getting off of me is keeping the lights on. But he was like, you got it, bro. First day I was in there, and it was just a God thing that he happened to be there watching me from outside the gym looking you know what i mean looking into the gym you know what i'm saying um a long story short man you know what i mean they had me filling out this form on what i'm doing and 
I'm pretty much making shit up. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's some type of structure to it. But number one, I didn't want them uh, biting my style. You know what I'm saying? And number two, it was kind of hard because it's like, yo, I'm just, you know what I mean? I'm really freestyling. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I know these kids. You know what I mean? After a while, it's like I know everybody here. I know what their situation is. You know what I'm saying? Some of them I visited in school during the day. You know what I'm saying? And so I know their situations. I know who's fucking up. I know who's doing good. I know who's disrespecting uh, teachers. I know who's disrespecting women. I know who has beef and all. So, you know what I mean? Like, they'll, they'll, you'll never be able to codify doing the work. You know what I mean? So I gave him some bullshit because I knew it wasn't real, but I gave him some bullshit. And then two weeks later, you know what I mean? They're like, yeah, you know, in order for you to continue this shit, you know what I mean? You got to come in for training. You know what I mean? And I got pissed off, right? Um, And so it was that situation that had me mad. And I'm like, man, y'all like, yeah, how y'all going to train me for some shit that I created? Y'all need to be paying me money trying to uh get this game that I got for y'all but nah but um but when that is happening I'm still running my own program and it's crazy because it was with a pastor that um you know I'm saying was 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 on some other shit and was really trying to use my talents and everything like that is all this is going on at the same time because in the community I'm known as shit, you know, like the kids, you know, they they was connected to what we was doing, and it wasn't what Coach Nick was doing. I just, I got connected with, you know, what I'm saying the brothers that was already there, and I'm not saying nobody's names because, you know, what I mean, I don't want to put nobody out there without that blessing. But it was two brothers that was coaching way before I got there, you know, what I'm saying, and I'm pretty much following their lead. And I pretty much, I pretty much had my own style, and they seen how I was rocking it, and they was like, "Yeah, you know what I'm saying." And they was like, "Yeah, bro, we see where you we we see where you at with it, and we know why you here, and that's why eventually they're gonna get rid of your ass." There was already an understanding of how the social structure was working, and we're talking about a black neighborhood, right? But, you know what I'm saying, I say all that to say this ain't no Superman complex that I got. It's just a mentality, you know what I'm saying? And to kind of put it in context, they gave me the same um, conversation that Brian Stevenson got from one of his mentors that gave him the internship that brought him down to Alabama and was saying, if you're going to do this work, don't plan on making no money. You know what I mean? So it was one of those types of relationships. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's not about, you know, Brian Stevenson as an individual. It's all these lawyers that are doing the work for real. What Brian Stevenson does well, you know what I'm saying? But the culture is never about the individual. It's about the movements of the people, what are the masses of the people doing? You know what I mean? That's what our culture is concerned with, the collective, not the individual. You know what I'm saying? So just to make that clear, that's my mentality, you know what I'm saying, of what I was doing. But it was clear at that time because I was the one that was there because they had already been like, yo, man, you know what I mean? Let me see your ID. (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, they was already like, nah, you can't be around here like that or, you know, whatever. They had their little rules and they had already made it to where um, they were obviously knew that they were not going to um, um, fund or support or financially lift up these two individuals that I'm talking about. So they got their careers going on elsewhere, right? So that's taking them away, but they're still there because it's a natural thing. But I'm just painting the picture of why people during that time will come around and know that all the kids were following me and saying, okay, this is a Coach Nick thing. This is why they might think that this is how it was at the time. You know what I'm saying? But you know what I mean? It's I'm one of many 
and ain't nothing unique about it. And me, myself, my style came from my coach, right? But say all that to say, they really had me thinking that something was wrong with me. You know what I mean? And there are several factors, and all of these factors, I think, are important to look at. One was economic. So, you know what I mean? I had the mentality, and I took pride. And, okay, we're going to take these rec league jerseys. <laughs> you know what I mean? That we get from our regular internal rec league, and we're going to play AAU and YBL and all that. And... We're going to beat the team Durant's and all that. And if we don't, then we'll beat them next year. You know what I'm saying? But we don't need all that other stuff. You know what I mean? So, in the midst of that, as we're playing, I got coaches that are so chicken shit. And if you're listening, you know who you are. But it's all good because everybody play a role. But you got a grown man that's talking to kids like yeah let me get your number <laughs> yeah let me get your number you can come play for me and i'll give you some j's i'll give you you know what i mean or whatever um and parents and rightfully believe hey you know what i mean i got the right to shop my kid around everywhere we go or whatever and you know that's true you know what I'm saying, but we, but but that's why we having this conversation, looking at it from the outside, looking in, because if we understand what happened with these presidents in Africa, right, that were uprooted and either went to the local school system that was controlled by the power structure, probably a military school that was there, or they would physically, actually leave Africa. And go to France or go to Belgium or go to uh, England or whatever to be educated in their system right there in their country. You know what I'm saying? So when you understand these types of pipelines, it's easy to see it in real life, in real time. You know what I'm saying? Because you black as hell scalping or trying to take. Uh, talent that we've cultivated from the neighborhood and you're and you're giving them t-shirts and shoes and bags and bigger tournaments and travel expenses and budgets and all of this other stuff right so we're talking about resources because for the type of rapport that can't be bought you know what i'm saying even at a kid or a parent's uh level that's not happening if we have all these material things to offer. But when you're talking about if you're raising up 20 kids, you know what I'm saying, in a basketball program and you take your top 10 and really you got two or three, maybe four that are really shining, then these are who the power structure is going to take from us, right? Um, and like I said, it, it can look real black. You know what I mean? Because the the dude, it's not going to be a white person that's going to come into this gym, because this is a very black situation. You know what I'm saying? We talking about we talking shit to the refs. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's all type of shit going on. It's it's a lot of shit going on in there. It's not really an environment where you be farming. You would come into that. You know what I mean? But you be black as hell coaching a team, which might be black as hell, right? But eventually. That road is going to lead to Saint somebody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Somebody Christian school. You know what I'm saying? We're going to take you out of this school in the neighborhood. And we're going to take you to the Christian or the Catholic school. And like I said, this is why we bring in the European F. Scott Fitzgerald Great Gatsby. You have to look at things from the outside looking in to understand it. Clearly, right, Mr. Brother Fuller, you know what I'm saying? Uh, if, if you don't understand white supremacy in all its forms, what it is and how it operates, you know, everything else will confuse you. 
So people will be confused hearing this and offended hearing this. But we're talking about this situation from the outside looking in. And with that understanding, we have to put that out there because we can no longer afford to be confused in any type of way. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, if we got a basketball team that's local to Marion, then any talent that is cultivated from them players that come from Marion need to stay in Marion. If one of those basketball players from Marion, Alabama, go to the NBA, then that means Marion just came up. You know what I'm saying? So that's what happens when we control our pipelines. Right? So by me understanding what they were trying to do, and I go back to my situation. I got depressed because I'm looking at everybody that's getting promotions around me. You know what I mean? My boss telling me, uh, we need to find out how to spend our money. This is what I think we need to do with it. Okay, bet. You know what I mean? Then we go out there and we execute. You know what I'm saying? Because I basically told my boss we need a media program. You know what I'm saying? We need to document what we're doing. We could do a show by the kids. The kids can produce it. She loved the idea. You know what I'm saying? Then she started giving me specific instructions. Can we say, can we put this logo on there? And can we say this? Uh, can we use these pillars and these bullet points? And have that in the beginning of the, and then just do your thing. It all looks great, but just have this in the beginning, right? Um, and because of who my mom was, just researching, um, you know, everything going on around me, you know, my boss got a promotion for that video that the kids produced, right? You know, we, 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 we doing it from a bird's eye view and ultimately, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, you know what I mean? Holding it down. But this is something that the kids produced. They shot it. They they produced it. You know what I mean? They they put the cue cards together. They did all of that. And we documented all of this. You know what I'm saying? But long story short, my boss gets a promotion, a Vegas vacation, whatever, off of my work. And not a word is said about this. Not even like a gift, an inexplicable gift card. Your inexplicable raise, bonus, more gym time. You know, we entrepreneurs, we coaches. If you could just say, hey, man, I know you here every day, morning, night, and noon, and you know, I mean, everything. You know what I mean? Why don't we just make, you know, these two hours, these three hours every day, that would be the Coach Nick hour. You know what I mean? They could have gave me that, and that would have been the raise because I would have made that something. But nah, none of that. Right. Instead, they, you know what I mean? So she gets her raise and her promotion and everything like that. So on and so forth. But while this is going on, I'm struggling to pay the bills. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm in a situation where I'm not getting paid what I'm worth, which is my whole life, which is probably everybody's life. You know what I'm saying? Or most people there are most people that feel like they're not getting paid what they're worth. That's their life. You know what I'm saying? So that's my situation. So I'm watching other people be successful around me in my heart of hearts. I know what time it is, but at the end of the day, I'm like, man, maybe there's some truth to what other people are telling me and all these people are telling me around me why I'm not successful. Right. And so I'm internalizing this. I'm thinking that there's something wrong with me. And I, I, I kind of alluded to the fact that during this time, I was also working for another pro nonprofit. I mean, that's why we've partnered with OYO and, and businesses like this, because if it's the registration, filling out the paperwork, getting the forms done, all of that business, business all that logistical type of stuff getting started in the maintenance and the organization and making phone calls and cultivating relationships. That's what Oyo does. Oyo is that branch for us. Right. And, and I'm kind of skipping ahead. but I'm saying all that to say there were several reasons why I just did not start my own nonprofit. Because I was blessed with uh, that knowledge of the 501c3 and the tax determination letter and all this type of stuff. And this and it's a whole 
wealth of knowledge that we're going to go over in this season. I was blessed with that information freshman year at Howard. I want to say over a decade earlier. Right. So just getting started and just jumping into that world, there's several reasons why I never really got deep into it. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of it is uh, apathetic, but the things that I was apathetic about is is so small because on the other on the other side of the coin, I got 300 kids on the playground. Some of them playing basketball, some playing soccer, some playing football. Some of them are cheerleading, some of them doing gymnastics. All of them are learning math and science, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Without any real conception of what a STEM program is, right? We just understand abstract knowledge and we teaching it, you know what I'm saying? And we got over 100 mentors from Howard that intermittently come in but we got over a hundred so there's always at least 10 to 15 on every day so the pro and nobody's getting paid for anything nobody was getting paid for anything the best program i ever ran i never got a dime for it it started off in the big brother big sister program and they're like, hey, man, it's a commitment. You got to come. I'm like, look, man, I'm all the way in. Y'all don't know nothing about me. So, you know what I mean? After a week or two while I'm up there, they're like, shit, you want another one? You know what I mean? After about a month, they're like, hey, just um, look over. <laughs> Can you look after everybody? Uh, just when we have a problem with a kid, we going to call you. You know what I'm saying? And, and it got to the point to where I'm getting calls out of class. Can you help come up here and deal with so-and-so? You know what I'm saying? Or when I go up there during my break in between classes at Howard, because Bruce Monroe was at the time was out in Columbia, so it was just a couple blocks up from Howard off of Georgia Avenue. I'm going in the building, and I'm pretty much starting on the ground floor, going in all the classrooms, checking on the kids, seeing, making sure everything cool, talking to teachers, giving them the nod. You want me to keep moving, I'll keep it moving. If you got something to say, then let me know. And the white teachers would take advantage of that, you know what I'm saying? Um, and just a, a story to kind of encapsulate that, uh, this white teacher was like, look, man, uh, I need you to talk to your boy. I know he plays basketball, and that's cool, but he's just not getting it, man. You know, where the kids are doing multiple multiplication and division, and he's not getting simple times tables, you know what I'm saying? So I'm talking to him. And it don't take long because he's already in my program. You know what I mean? He had already seen me uh, cross somebody up and, and throw something behind my neck the night before. And I'm like, hey, what's up, bro? Man, I don't like that white motherfucker. Hey, I understand. What's, tell me what's going on. You know what I'm saying? And before a five-minute conversation is over with, we doing multiplication problems three digits <laughs> he's doing he's solving multiplication problems with three digits 125 times 748 you know solve that and he's doing it and is that the kid is a genius not only is he not behind but the kid is actually a genius okay so we got this type of stuff going on you know what i mean and i think it's 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 also worth mentioning that even with that type of rapport that I had, I was still under surveillance all the time by my own. You know what I mean? There was two white boys from Georgetown that had a program and they took them into the classroom and they locked the door and nobody, not even the principal, was allowed in that room for those two hours twice a week and that was okay with everybody. They just weren't allowed. Nobody from the school was allowed in there. All right. So I think you know, I'm just throwing that out there. Anyway. But I'm saying all this to say, man. That's what I should have looked at. When determining my self-worth. Is you have the ability. Me talking to myself. You have the ability to run programs with 500 kids 
and everybody tapped in. There ain't no fights, ain't no uh, chaos, ain't no confusion. You got older kids helping younger kids. Everybody understands roles. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's my superpower. So I, I should have took pride in that. But instead, what I was thinking about was people saying, well, listen, you got these locks. If you want to get in head, you're going to cut these locks. You're going to have to dress better. Which is true. I understand. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, you know, but the thing is, it's like if Cornell West is working a job and Cornell West ain't brush his hair and they're like, hey, Cornell West, you know what I mean? If you want to get ahead, you go out to dress like this brother that got the suit. You know what I'm saying? And a fresh cut. You know what I'm saying? Which, you know, you know, there's value in that understanding. But, you know, Cornell West is Cornell West. You're not going to shit on. But anyway, I start getting depressed. And doubting myself Because if I'm so great at what I do How come everybody else is getting paid How come all these players are leaving How come all these other programs are better How come all these other people Keep getting promotions and everything like that Fact of the matter is I never should have been I never should have been Giving them that much time You know what I mean Or if I was I should have just used the infrastructure that they had and the job that they gave me to uh, big up my my own nonprofit, you know what I'm saying, and organize that. So that's the answer for everybody. You know what I mean. You just have to do it right. You know what I'm saying. But I'm saying that's minuscule. I could really hire an intern to take care of all the paperwork. You know what I mean. We get our baseline documents for the nonprofit. We get a couple people that um, write grants and have relationships with people on selection committees and that type of thing. Um, we can really get an intern to really handle the day-to-day of that type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? And not, not belittling in it because it's important. That's why we have that infrastructure for it. But somebody going to have to come in and execute. You know what I'm saying? Um so I think that as the creators and as the talented, that's what we possess. So that's what three levels of game is about. That's what three levels of game was. was that's why we created it. And that's why we do what we do. And that's why we say we service black businesses and small businesses. We want to help the small business owner blow up. You know what I mean? We got an emphasis on black business because the dollar don't even circulate in our community like that. You know what I'm saying? So people with money and people with stature or whatever, you know what I mean? There's a, and there's a lot of different um, opinions and mindsets. Um, but one that always got on my nerves that also was true in a lot of situations is that I don't support black business because niggas ain't going to do right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they either going to overcharge you or... They got bad customer service or some bootleg, you know what I mean? Or whether the quality is not good or whatever. So we want to create a whole situation or work with those that are already doing it, right? Um, we want to work with those to be an infrastructure and a beacon for small business and black business, right? You're the one with the talent. You're the one with the idea. You're the one with the resource. You're the one that's making it happen. Okay? We're not going to let anybody benefit off of you anymore. You come to us. We, we figure out how to create an infrastructure around you. Right? So we have do-it-yourself systems to where it's designed for you to do your own thing. We got checklists and we got step-by-steps instructions. This is how you do this on your own. If you want us to uh, meet with you a week, uh, once a week, uh, twice a month, once a month, whatever the case may be, depending on whatever program, that's our coaching programs. If you want us to do everything, that's level three. That's the done for you programs. We just do everything and we report to you. You know what I'm saying? But we have systems and infrastructure set up for you to thrive. You know what I mean? If you if you're a talented athlete trying to find a job we want to create a business around your you know i mean you might be a mentor 
to several athletes. You, you might be an inspiration to several kids in school battling depression. You know what I'm saying? Battling obesity. You know what I'm saying? We can find a grant for you to thrive and operate in your purpose, your passion, um, and everything like that, right? We, You know what I mean? Why would you cultivate a skill since a youth and then because you didn't make it to the league or overseas or anything like that, now you got to go work for damn uh, J.P. Morgan and wear a suit, you know what I mean? And nothing is wrong with that, but we're talking about really when you distill it down to the to the to the really the essence of what we're talking about because there's this concept of you want to master something you have to spend a hundred plus hours doing it or something like that along those lines how many uh athletes or you know think about the children that grow up um drumming uh, women that grow up dancing you know you're taught that these are things that are hobbies and interests as kids then you need to grow up and be in the real world um and we know where this comes from because what happens in the real world is the one percent control most of the wealth and then the ten percent control even more you know what i mean and so if the if the if, if the wealth is in the hands of the wealthy the top one percent the top ten percent then most of us, what we're doing as adults in the quote-unquote real world is just of service to them. So we've talked about this concept in a roundabout way because we had to talk about it from the outside looking in, right? We don't, we don't want to come out and say, well, this is why athletes are selling a soul. This is why hip-hop artists are selling a soul. You know what I'm saying? This is what's happening in America right now and really all over the world, right? Everywhere we are, this is what's happening, right? So this is what we're doing it about it. We got the 50-50, which is the economic structure, which allows you to operate in that passion and your purpose. You know what I'm saying? Because people might say, well, that's all well and good, but you need secure income, Right. We need to have book club and read the miseducation of the Negro. How did Carter G. Woodson feel about that? Was it the miseducation or was it the education that said it's better? Uh, or is it the miseducation or the education, the mentality that it's better to get a check every two weeks that you can depend on versus getting paid off of what you can create? Which one is the education? Which one is the miseducation? Right? So we, we have to we have to be able to have honest conversations about this. But this is what three levels of the game is about. You know what I'm saying? If you have you a purpose, a passion, something that you're good at, something that you want to do on your own, you know what I mean, you might just be able to cook really well, but you don't know nothing about that business, you don't give a damn about a computer. You know what I'm saying? This is where we can kind of link up. You know, what I mean, this is how we get rid of all of these pretenses of what it is to be black. Some of them kids are going to be good at computers. You know, what I mean, some of them going to be knocking niggas out. You know, what I mean, it's going like it's going to be a wide spectrum, but we can find use for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Because the, the same dude that was knocking niggas out. Guess what? Um, not everybody is going to applaud us for our success. You know what I'm saying? So. We need everybody, you know what I mean? What we need to do is get rid of this idea that anybody is better than the next man. And, and anybody can judge the next man. We all been oppressed. We, you know what I'm saying? We all in, in America that for one, one way or the other doesn't want to see us succeed or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So we're always stronger together. You know what I mean? Whatever God put out there is going to bring people together. So if you're going to be moving um, with that righteous energy, with that God energy, then the moves that you make in life is going to bring people together, right? Um, so that's what we about.